Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. This is AutoLine Daily for September 20th, 2010, and now the news. One of the reasons why Hyundai has been on such a roll lately is that the designs of its vehicles improved so dramatically. And now the Ford Motor Company managed to grab the guy responsible for those designs. Joel Piskowski was the one who came up with cars like the Genesis Coupe, the new Sonata, and a bunch of good-looking concept cars. But then Mercedes-Benz hired him away to run its advanced design studio in California. And then, for reasons that none of us here in the media have uncovered, only a year later, Mercedes pushed him out. Everyone in the design community was wondering where he would land. And now Piaskowski is headed to Ford, where he will head up all exterior design for Ford in the Americas. He starts there on October 1st. Nissan plans to nearly double its production in China to 1.2 million units, which is 20% higher than the company originally planned to put in place. Reuters reports that Nissan wants to boost its market share to 10% of the Chinese market, up from 6% today. But some voices in China say the country is adding too much capacity, and that could cause a glut. And one former U.S. trade representative warns that China will be tempted to export its excess capacity, causing even greater trade frictions. However, Gasco reports that other experts say the top 10 car companies in China actually need more production capacity, and that the excess capacity is with China's smaller automakers. China has well over 100 vehicle producers. Carbon fiber and other composites could be the miracle materials that allow automakers to meet upcoming fuel economy standards, but not everyone is optimistic about them. According to Dow Jones Newswire, Ford CEO Alan Mulally says he cannot make a business case for composites in the auto industry. He cited the huge volume needed for mass production and the cost of autoclave ovens needed to bake the material. Malali says there's still plenty of room for improvement with conventional steel and other alloys. Remember, Malali used to head up Boeing, which is pioneering the use of composite materials in its new but much delayed 787 Dreamliner. It first took to the skies last December. The first deliveries are expected to reach airlines by the middle of the first quarter next year. BMW is set to unveil what looks like a thinly disguised version of its next generation 6 series. This concept is set to take a bow at the Paris Motor Show, which opens to the press next week. Details about this new 2 plus 2 are limited. It'll have full LED headlamps and what the company is calling a freestanding control display for its iDrive. I hope that means it's easier to use. Still, BMW has released plenty of pictures of the car and it is gorgeous. The body's a lot cleaner looking than today's version of the 6 Series and its leather-lined interior is very photogenic, to say the least. Over the weekend, Toyota confirmed it settled a lawsuit brought by relatives of four family members who were killed in a high-speed crash last year that led to the recall of millions of its vehicles. According to the AP, terms were not disclosed, but Toyota is expected to file motions in court today disclosing the settlement. The dealer that loaned the car to the family was left out of the settlement, but the lawsuit against him has not been dropped. Last year, a California Highway Patrol officer borrowed a Lexus from a dealer. He was traveling with three family members when the car sped out of control and led to a horrific crash 
because a floor mat became stuck on the accelerator. This high-profile accident led to Toyota's massive recall. Hey, is GM hedging its bet with the Volt? According to the AP, the company is getting ready to launch a test fleet of all-electric versions of the Cruise in South Korea next month. It'll be powered by batteries from LG Chem and propulsion systems from LG Electronics. GM says it does not plan on selling an electric version of the Cruise in the U.S., but I believe GM wants to make sure it does not get left behind in the EV market if the Volt, with its extended range system, does not catch on. Ford, GM, and Chrysler all have heavy-duty pickups with heavy-duty diesel engines. Each one of them brags that it's the best. So which one is? Our friends at Ward's just put them through the test and we'll look at who came out on top right after this. Introducing Bridgestone's third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. There was a shootout a couple of weeks ago, but this one had nothing to do with the OK Corral. It was a three-way dogfight just south of the Autoline Daily Studios as America's heavy duties went grill to grill to grill, testing everything from towing to acceleration. Organized by our friends at Wards who called it the 2010 diesel shootout, all we can say is, may the best truck win. So this gives us the opportunity to show in head-to-head -head competition with, the, with uh, our fellow competitors um, how we perform and hopefully you know, come out on top. The top is where everyone in this room from the manufacturing side wanted their truck to finish. Teams from the Detroit 3 brought their diesel-powered heavy-duty best to Flat Rock where Tier 1 supplier Bosch, who has diesel equipment on all three, gave the group the run of its private proving grounds. What would be a perfect way to demonstrate diesel technology in an environment where we basically simulate real-world driving condition? And uh, the proving ground allowed us exactly to do that. The participants were a who's who of the work truck world. Chrysler showed up to the shootout in a Ram Laramie 2500 HD powered by a Cummins 6.7 liter inline six. Meanwhile, Ford came equipped with its F-250 Super Duty Lariat with a power stroke 6.7 liter V8. GM rounded out the trio with a Sierra Denali HD and its Duramax 6.6 liter V8. Well, that's where it goes. It goes across into the yeah, intercooler. You know, it's funny. Back yeah, through there, so that turbo's right there. Then all three trucks hit the track for a variety of testing, both with and without towing 10,000-pound trailers. Moving over to a different part of the proving grounds, Wards also tested each truck on a 20% grade. It's the uphill, it's the track, 0 to 30, 0 to 60. It's also just our, our own kind of seat of the pants feel how much sound is it making? I'm, you know, I'm using a, a, a microphone inside to, you know, record decibels. 50. 55, 57, 58, 59, 6, 60. Good, good. You know, there, there are seven editors here who are going to pick the winner, and we're all just kind of rotating vehicle to vehicle so that we all get some time in each vehicle. Uh, so that's, that's how we're picking them. 
and I think you can see by the turnout of, of, of all the teams from each automaker that came out to uh, pitch their products and to uh, see them compete, uh, they were, yeah, we were really impressed with the response from, from everyone uh, to, our, to our idea. And I can guarantee you that Ford really liked that idea since it won the shootout with its new Power Stroke V8. Though to be fair, all three engines were mighty close. Hey, if you want to find out more about this first ever Ward's Diesel Shootout, we're doing something new for us. We're posting much of the raw video that we shot at the Bosch Proving Grounds that did not make it into the story. You can watch it in the John's Journal section of our website. But if you still need even more information, Ward's also has a special section at its website with all the data, audio, and reporting behind the 2010 Diesel Shootout that you might want to check out. One more thing before we go. If it's been a while since you checked out our Automotive Call-In Show open line, host Michelle Naranjo has an update. This week was so fun after our Labor Day break. We needed it. We had a ton of new participants call in and interact in the chat room and with our loyal regulars. All Par represented really well this week. Thanks, Mopar guys. The auto extremist himself stopped in, Peter DiLorenzo, and told us about his new Audi S4 that he added to his stable. Imagine that, an Audi and a Fiesta in one stable. We had a, a few first-hand reviews. One of our New Jersey guys has been testing the GMC Sierra. He's taking advantage of current end-of-year rebates. Jeff Ross from Autotropolis stopped in to share not only his Juke experience, but also his comparison of the Cayenne S and the Infiniti FX50 and hint the FX50 really is faster. You can find us live chatting tonight at bit.ly forward slash open line. And you can call in and speak your own opinion. 218-936-6581. Pen this week is 1828. Thanks and back to you, John. Thanks, Michelle. We'll see all of you at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for another edition of Open Line Tonight. And that's it for today's top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. <music>